Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk. This woman needs no introduction because once again we have to call Coach G on the show every couple of months just for our mental health check-in and just to see what she's got going on. Uh, the, the mental health discussion is one that we're going to continue uh, to have on Real Fans Real Talk, but but even more so than that in our regular everyday lives. Um, you know, a big part of that is Coach D and just the conversations that we've been having throughout the course of the past, I think going on two years maybe now, um, you know, w with her. So she's actually been the reason, especially for me personally, you know, that I've been getting more into the mental health discussion. Um, but, you know, this is Real Fans Real Talk and, you know, mental health in sports is a huge thing that I don't think gets a lot of coverage, which is the other reason why we, we bring in Coach D, um, who is also a, a basketball coach as well. So she's definitely well versed in the sports world. But uh, let me welcome back uh, family. That's right, family. Coach D, welcome back to Real Fans Real Talk. Many blessings, many blessings. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Sports and mental wealth is synonymous, right? When you ask most people why they play sports, <laughs> you know, uh, it just, you know, it's such a great stress reliever. It frees my mind. I feel fully expressed in my purpose. And all of these things are mental wellness, mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so really understanding that I think more and more people are understanding it by force, if that makes sense, because, right, the athlete, the champion, the titan, if you will, is the person the regular ordinary Joe looks up to. Yes. And so, you know, that whole I just want to be like Mike, that was real because there was people who wanted to be like Cassius Clay and Muhammad and, you know, all these other great um, athletes that were able to impact the world. Mm -hmm. Right. When you talk about the famous soccer player, I always forget his name is because I can never pronounce it right. But the, the Brazilian man, the dark skin man. Wait, um, hey? Oh, who? Pele, I believe his name is. Pele? I don't know Pele. I know Pele. I don't know about Pele. Pele. Here we go. Pele. Pele. Okay. I never <laughs> it again. But yes, him. So, you know, you have him, you have Serena, you have Cassius, you know, you have guys like Michael and LeBron and Magic. Um, in every sport, Arthur Ashe, in every sector of sport, you know, Hussein Bolt, like you have these, these athletes who are like larger than life. Mm -hmm. And so when you get these type of people, you know, the people that the rest of the people look up to saying, Hey, there's a problem here, or there's a, a, a reapproach that's necessary. Now people are like, yeah, you know, mental health is, you know, I, I self care every day, <laughs> but you know, it's like a lot of people are now like, in this space where they're like, you know, they're talking a good one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as, as it goes with our country, when things get popular, people talk about it and talk about it and talk about it while it's hot news. And you got the, the wonder coaches out there who sell you the blue pill and, you know, and then it's, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then, you know, here, try my course and you'll make a lot of money and your problems will be gone. Um, you know? And so, yeah, it's this like, it's this thing that I, I believe is still like evolving in its own entity. You know, mental health is in so many other spaces right now. Yeah. Um, and I think athletes, as I've said this to you before, athletes are the way. Like they are, um, I believe, the biggest 
working form of representation that we have in our social um, atmosphere. And, and the more that they continue to champion, you know, mental hygiene, uh, I think that the better, you know, we all as a society uh, can be. And now you, you brought up something that I don't think we've actually gotten into on the show just now. Um, do you find that there are more people trying to take advantage and exploit mental health and mental wealth? <laughs> that goes without saying, right? We live in a capitalistic society. Um, and so how do we capitalize? How do we monetize? That's what I said, wonder coaches. Yeah. In basketball, I call them popcorn coaches. And in, in basketball and football, you know about the popcorn coach of course, of that course, ain't played a day in his life, mm-hmm. but he on the court screaming and yelling and hand on the hip. He know what he he don't know a damn thing. Yeah, popcorn coaching. I've seen so a lot of pee wee football. Same thing, same thing. And so with uh, with mental health, I call them wonder coaches because they're selling you wonder. Yes. And you know, I've even met like people who they themselves as coaches were like, yeah, you know, I tell my clients this and I tell my clients that. But then when I look at them, their bodies are breaking down. They mm. are dis-ease or, or ridden with illness or who in the hell are you teaching? Yeah. You know, um, one thing about human nature is there is a great desire for control. And so you have a lot of coaches and I'm not knocking anybody. Look, they like it. I love it. God bless. But like, it hurts the industry when you have a lot of coaches who are just looking to get rich mm. and looking to get paid. You know, I went to a, a, a small business expo. I don't know if you've heard of that. And I went to a conference there and, you know, the big marketing thing was feelings. What do people feel and how can you, um, you know, really get whatever it is that you do in, in, in sight of their feelings and emotions. And it's just like, yeah, this is the world that we live in where, Unfortunately, you know, the way that people get through um, and get on, you know, as we say, is by, you know, tackling and, and, and really um, just going after people's emotions, people's fears, people's vulnerabilities. And it's the same thing with mental health. I mean, when I look at sports, I go to all these mental health conferences all the time and all they do is, you know, regurgitate the problem, talk about how black kids have it worse. And how black men um, need more love. And, and yeah, thanks. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of it. Um, but you get a big name and you get a big face. Now you're selling $50 tickets. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for my turn because, you know, 533 breath meditation, you don't need me to do it. Okay. You know, what I'm selling is an opportunity for people to do the work themselves. And in a very simple and fun way. Like, it's, I'm not saying go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is, do you brush your teeth? And if you say yes, I'm asking you to do that for your mind. And I have a tool for you to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the exploitation of mental health and mental wellness right now is at an all-time high. And it's because we live in a very uh, exploitative society. Period. Yeah, people get everybody's getting exploited. Everything, every like, if there's a way to exploit something for a check, somebody's gonna find a way to do it. You know what I'm saying? And the big thing in marketing is e e emotions, right? Emotions, energies, and engagement. How can you identify emotions so that way you can Mm -hmm. then from there create this ecosystem of what is needed, and then moving forward, now you have an economy built and a market base 
off of the research you did to engage with these people's emotions. Yeah. You know, um, it is what it is. <laughs> tell me, can you just tell me something, um, you know, that we can do as individuals. Let's say first thing in the morning, you get up, brush your teeth, wash your face, get dressed, make a little bit of breakfast. If we want to do a mental uh, health check-in within ourselves, something that we can do first thing in the morning. Mm. I think that's a great question. I would say before you actually do any of that, breathe. Mm. Like, I think that's the issue. You know, people lay down uh, with things on their mind, with tomorrow on their mind, and they wake up already in the day. Okay. I want you going on that. Go go a little bit. bit (laughs) You know what I mean? So, for example, I got um, I got a game tomorrow. And so tonight I'm going to sleep with tomorrow on my brain. And then I wake up. I got to get ready for the game. I got to be there for the game. You already fucked up. Excuse my language. Mm. Right. Um, And so my advice is when you wake up, rise, do not get up. There's a difference. Literally taking two to three minutes to get out of bed as opposed to popping out of bed. And just running and get your day started. Running to get your day started. Which is something Trust. that we all do. Well, not me, not me, not me. Because yeah. as you know, yeah, yeah, most yes, people, yes, don't, yes. Don't, reach, don't come back home to before 10 o'clock. Excuse I mean, me. I'm <laughs> up, but I'm not here for you. Yes. Um, girl, no ma'am. Um, hair flip, but yeah, I, I often say, you know, I meet myself. Before I meet the world. Yes. And I mean that with every fiber in my body. I, hi, hi, eyelids. How you doing? Hi, breath. What you taste like this morning? Like the, the, the very first thing that I would suggest to people is to rise out of bed and not wake up. Mm. That's the first thing. Okay. Take even if it's only 30 seconds. <laughs> but, no. um, I would only say after you brush your teeth. Right. Yeah. Number one, make your bed. Rise, make your bed, and then go brush your teeth. Um, I'm a big advocate of making your bed. And um, no, I'm not a fan of people who sleep on sheets and blankets and then have like a cover sheet and then all they do in the morning is remove the cover sheet. I'm not a fan of those people because those people are cheaters. <laughs> those people are cheaters. And they, they are cheating mm-hmm. the, the philosophical practice. Seriously. Seriously, it's like people who do email marketing but don't really engage their audience. It's like you're cheating. You're only doing this to check the box. And that is cheating. So, no, you're not included. If you are that person, you're laughing really hard because I feel like you're that person. So, you're (laughs) life right now. I'll be cheating. Make your, like, actually get under your bed. Get in it. Get messy. And the reason I say that is because, again, we're so focused on tomorrow. So most people do that to kind of skeet some time off of have to, having to make their bed. Yes. It's like, bro, you like, you do, you're not doing the practice to do the practice, the practice of stopping, doing something for yourself wholly and completely before you go meet the world. It's real. But even in the way that you do that is for the world. Yeah. I- you know what I'm saying? I'm going to conveniently have my bed already pre-made when I get out of it. So I can hurry up and join the world and get in it. It's like yes, what? I do. I'm it's, so. Oh my goodness. You, I do. Yeah. I, I got two blankets on my bed right now. I sleep on top of the one blanket with the sheets underneath that and the pillows. So in the morning, all I gotta do is just fix the pillows back up and okay. Oh 
You cheating at life. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'm going I'm to I'm check myself. I'm checking myself on that. By the next time you come down, I promise you, I'm not. I'm going to get under all the covers. <laughs> yes, enjoy it. Because, you know, what's interesting, too. Very quickly, it's like, and then I'll, I'll have my, my third tip, but people, some people buy in lustrous beds. And I want to be one of those people one day. I'm not I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to get into it. I got my eyes on one right now, actually. See? See? I mean, these illustrious purple mattresses with NASA tech and, you know, like eight pillows and view. I mean, beautiful. What do you call it? Uh, was it not tapestry? What's the... Upholstery. Whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, whatever that is that's on the bed and it's nice. And yeah. it's like a few of them. Like, you got, you got the sheet, the, the, yes. the blanket, the quilts, and the, those type... You know what type of beds I'm talking about. Hotel beds. Yes. And you don't enjoy it. Mm. You're not enjoying it. Yeah, because there's so much you didn't put into the to the look that you wanted to look so perfectly, you can't even really enjoy the damn bed. Right. And that's ego, right? And mm. so how do we and I'm learning that for myself as well. It's like, yeah, we get to enjoy the things that we enjoy without ego, which means it ain't for nobody else. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so if if you know you are present with what it is that you have and what you've been able to do. You're also able to be grateful and gra- and, and be and present in your gratitude. You're able to ground. You're able to take a moment and really look at the fruits of your labor and appreciate them. Yes. Right? Take time to appreciate the small things in your life. Like people say, yeah, we got to practice gratitude. But saying thankful, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for life and my kids. Okay? Like, duh. Like, if you died, you, you probably, well, we don't know. You don't know. But if kids died, I'm sure you'd be mad. But what else are you really grateful for? The little things. Yeah. I'm grateful I have a bed. Like they, I, For years, people don't know this about me. For years, I didn't have a bed. Mm. I slept on the floor. I slept on other people's floor. I slept in the kitchen. And I slept on little, small, love seat leather couches. The worst. Okay? <laughs> the absolute worst. Yeah. So when I decided, when I finally got a bed, I was like, I'm making this shit every day. Like just to show up for myself and be great and show my gratitude, express my gratitude. It's like the people who say, oh, yo, I'm always I'm mad grateful, but they never say thank you. Like in the moment. Yeah, it's it's when do you tell yourself thank you? And how do you show that to yourself? Right. Absolutely. Um, And the third tip is five, three, three. Get your breathing on Um, four minute meditation. Most people take six minutes to brush their teeth. Right between brushing, gargling, if they scrape their tongue, if they floss, most people take about anywhere four to to eight minutes to brush their teeth. So that time in the mirror, as per your question, after you brush your teeth, breathe, take a moment to look in the mirror, look yourself in the eye, say something nice to yourself. Me, I like to affirm with I am blessed, I am grateful, I am loved. Today is going to be a good day. Ooh, well. <laughs> like God is my, <laughs> I, I need to say that to myself. Yes, okay. Literally got on the phone. I took a breath and said, today is going to be a good day. God, you are my instant supply. I am grateful and I am blessed. And that, and that, you know, that I'm praying in that, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm affirming that. And I'm also, I'm commanding that for myself, right? I am choosing. This is what my day is going to be today without checking in with, what I think today already is, what my agenda is, what's on my to do. That don't have nothing to do with my spirit. Yeah, That's external. And I think that's also an issue for people. It's hard for them to separate the external from the internal. internal yep. Right. Um, and so it's like, yeah, 
Number one, get up, rise. Rise, do not wake. Secondly, make your bed. Like, actually make it up. Like, it needs to come from being messy. I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I, I promise you, I wonder if you'll have a better sleep. If you're just in your bed without a care. Without a care. How it looks, how you look, how it'll look when you get up. If you're going to have enough time to make it up, yes, you will. You will. You will. So yes, make your bed. And then last but not least, breathe. Take a moment to 533. Um, if 533 ain't your jam, then you got box breathing. Uh, if you, you know, say, look, I only got 30 seconds, well then take three deep breaths. Mm. But that moment to just breathe, just breathe. Look at yourself in the face, in the mirror, in the eye, and make a choice about what your day is going to be. And I think those three things will change anyone's life, regardless of how, you know, much yoga and meditation and, you know, cause you got a lot of, you got a lot of people that do that shit for the, for the clout too. Yeah. It's, it's not for, you know, it's for everyone else. It's not really for them. So they don't really, you know, they don't understand what they're really doing or what so they're not on doing everyone else anyway. They're not even focused right. on themselves at the same time. When you're supposed to be focused on yourself and then, you know, you can help others. But if you don't help yourself first, you know, what's the point? Right. And I mean, that, that, but that's the, the world that we live in, right? Like going back to what you said in terms of the, the, the profitization and, and, and the, the purporting of this mental health. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, look at TikTok. I can, I can get monetization by being a spiritual healer, whether I'm really a spiritual healer or not. Uh, yep. And like, I pray for those people because the ancestors are coming for them. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, this is the world we live in, right? We live in a world where we're taught to do things for social acceptance, adaptation, and, and approval. Mm. Like everything that we're taught to do, go to school, behave, hold your hands, dress like a girl, not like a guy, dress like a man and not like a boy. Like everything that we, we're, we're taught to do is based on someone else's need or view of, of what we need or what they need so they can monetize off of who we be yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. right. It's like, I need you to be a man and wear clothes and not because I care about your masculinity or your spirit. It's because actually I need you to buy these clothes to make me rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Thanks. <laughs> Everybody got an it's, agenda. You know, people, people assume that they have way more control than they do. People assume that they know themselves way more than they actually do. Um, and, you know, being able to fight the world, you know, Nipsey said it best. You know, he said, I read somewhere either you're going to be at peace with the world and at war with yourself or you're going to be at war with the world and at peace with yourself. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of people, there's comfort in being at peace with the world. Mm -hmm. There's comfort in that. And a lot of people aren't ready to admit that, that they prefer that comfort. I ain't trying to go to war with the world. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that's acceptable too. That internal fight um, gonna be something, something different, though, man. Yeah, you're not right oh, with yourself. You? That's that's tough. That's and, you know, and I and I think, you know, we see a you know just a lot of you know just the, the suicide rates and, and self harm and stuff like that because a lot of people just aren't right with themselves, and you know, and it's, I think it's just easier for us to succumb to something like that if we have those internal conflicts and we don't deal with them we don't address them in any way shape or form you know it, it's going to be really tough for you at times and yeah you know, depending on how much of a fighter you are that could just make the difference in whether or not you know 
you you say I'm gonna I'm gonna end it today. I don't want to be here anymore, or no, I'm gonna push through and 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 fight. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's also like the common misconception that people who, um, and it's not even a succumb, right? I think it's people who choose suicide, mm-hmm. right? Because when we look at succumb, that word presents uh, defeat. Yes, it's some they fell or surrendered to. But who are we to say that about their life, right? Yeah. When you have this people who protest about, you know, women should be able to marry, right? Um, men should be able to say that their name is from Joe to Jane, mm-hmm. right? Like if we're able to fight for our autonomy in life, then we should also, um, we also have the, the opportunity to fight for autonomy in death. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's one of those things when we learn more and more about mental health, it's not a one size fit all. Um, someone who chooses suicidality is also a fighter because they might have chosen peace within themselves and to stop fighting the world. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Glory. Yeah. The That's glory and death is rebirth. Right. And so none of us knows what happens when we die. Um, Nipsey uh, hustles his stepson, Lauren London, and Little Wayne's son when he was at the funeral. I remember, I, and I, I, I cried during this moment. The, the little boy, I think he was like 12, and this is Wayne's kid, but Nipsey basically kind of raised him. Yeah, yeah, and so, I don't say raised him, but, you know, was in, him, in, no. doing his life, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so, you know, the kid was like, yeah, you know, I had a dream. And Nip came to me in my dream, and I asked him where he was, and he said, I'm at Paradise Killer. And he was like, he used to always call me Killer. And he was like, this is how I knew it was Nipsey. And he was like, I'm in paradise. And so none of us here on earth knows what death is. Yeah. You know, you have people that have said, oh, I've died and I've come back. And, you know, but what, what did you what did you experience while you were there? Blackness, nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you may feel the effects of that when you get back here based on being here. But to understand death, one ha- would have to be dead. And how yeah, so, it's how long? Because you can't say you was out for thirty seconds and they brought you back. That's not the same thing as you that, actually. No, there are people that say that. Yeah, They're no, just no. like, no, I, I was dead for two minutes, and I'm like, okay, I, like, I seen it all. But well, what did you experience while you were there? Because to be honest with you, I've been knocked out before. Mm-hmm. I've been put in the chokehold and put to sleep. If you like, I've been like, I I played fighting with boys, and it was like, ah, bitch, and I'm like. <laughs> What, what happened? What happened? Like, <laughs> you know how that goes. Stop playing. <laughs> like, so oh. yeah, was I dead for the, for the next 10 seconds? Who knows? But my thing is that we don't get the way that we're laughing about it now with such a lightness and understanding. I think is the same way that we get to treat suicidality in an understanding. No, I'm not suggesting that we laugh at people yeah. who are experiencing extreme or severe suffering no what i'm saying and suggesting is is that those people would be able to come forward and get the support that they need if suicidality wasn't seen as such a detriment such a such a a, a, a vicious and, and villainous thing yeah. for someone to do for themselves yeah. right suicidality is about the relief and the release of pain and the reason many feel against it is because they are they believe that life should be worth living but they're talking about their own life yeah they're not living the life of the person who feels that way yeah because i mean like because i mean i guess if you think about it right like if if you're let's just say it's slavery right 
if a slave if a slave decided to take his life because they just couldn't deal with what was going on in the world around them, would we be mad at them for that, or would we be kind of understanding and, and say, well, you know, slaves have been beaten, raped, murdered, and they didn't want to deal with that anymore, so you know, they took their their lives. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because there is a story like that, and we actually honor them. Um, the the oh man, I I'm not good with details as, as much as I like details, I'm not good. With it. Um, but there is a story of an African tribe who um. I forgot where they come from. I really, I really believe it's the, the Ivory Coast. I'm not sure. Um, however, there is a monument dedicated to them because they believe that uh, life was to be lived and to be a slave was to not live life. And so death was their only option because in order to live, one must have an honor, a honor about themselves and the life that they're living. Mm. And so the entire boat chose to... Um, participate in a collective um offering and that's how i look at it suicide when you look at that word it's very english and, and very violent um but an offering of death because they understood that slavery was not living that it was not a way of life um we honor them I, i'm gonna get i'm actually gonna send it to you i'm gonna research it but there's um statues in the water of these people um because they chose death over um, suffering um, and, and over a life that wasn't lived. I would also say that um, we get to honor and, and um, appreciate that the person who's privileged and um, doesn't have the tragic story. I think it's, again, you know, back to the ego and emotions and energy. It's, it's easier, right? We're conditioned to believe that it's easier to accept someone wanting to take their own life if they've been through such an egregious life. Yes. It's like, oh, that makes sense. It's like, huh? But then there's less respect for the person who we deem haven't not gone through that. Yeah. It's, just, it's still a stigma. Yeah. Right? And so stigma is about being able to to wipe the wipe the cards off the table yeah. and really see the table in the game for what it is. Because suicide is the the word itself is a trigger word. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's violent. It's yeah. violent. Um when you look at the meaning of the word, there are a lot of English words that are violent as fuck, like violent. Yeah. Like even the way, even wake, to wake is violent. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. Um, so asinine. It's like the wake is behind you. Yeah. So. But to wake up is like to be behind and get, what? What are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, you know, and so even the whole morning debate, like people, <laughs> you know, the whole steps, it's like, nah, sister, we don't say good morning because it means death. <laughs> and I get it. And, I, and I'm and i actually not a fan of saying good morning. But yeah. if someone says good morning to me, I'm not about to shoot them down. Like, I know they're not wishing death on me. Yeah. Um, however, the language that we speak, yeah, it's very violent. It's very violent AF. <laughs> no, that's a, very that's, that's a fact. Now, I want to jump into, you know, because I, I actually did come on today because I wanted to talk, you know, we, we saw, um, you know, over the summer, Naomi Osaka uh, was dealing with, with some, some, some mental health issues. And then more recently, you know, this past week, uh, Ben Simmons uh, from the 76ers, he came out and said he was dealing with uh, some mental health issues and he wasn't actually ready to, to, to play. Um, I w- what I want to talk to you about, is the reception that women athletes get when they speak uh, uh, about mental health 
and male athletes um, because one of the things that I notice, you know, a lot, and this is, you know, going back decades, especially, you know, in, in basketball and football that is spoken about a lot in, in regards to individual athletes is the quote-unquote mental toughness of an athlete who has it, who doesn't, and a lot of times people will try to say, you know, if a person has not risen to a champion status or, or that height, they don't have a certain level of mental toughness or they just don't have mental toughness at all. Uh, I, yeah, it's interesting. You said I have two, two, two quick points. So the first one, hold on, let me go get my other hat. <clears throat> and so, as you know, we got, we got the hats out. Um, they're not officially out yet. They will be very soon. So we have the Just Breeds fitted. Uh, and then the 533 fitted, which is, um, you know, the the breath meditation and my slogan. Mm-hmm. So on each hat, um, I also often say mental toughness is not mental health. So I wear that pin often. Mental toughness is not mental health. Um, I worked with boys for over 15 years and <clears throat> I'm gay. Right. So that I'm masculine presenting so I can hang out. With the dudes, I'm like, hey, girl, I, you know, I can kind of float between the two. And so uh, I date women, right? So there's an understanding I am not a man. However, socially, there are things that I do understand, things that I actually experience being masculine presented. Um, and so with that being said, uh, the entire um, foundation of the Athlete Project of Get Fit, Fly Right, of my own personal campaign is that regardless of how mentally tough anyone is that has no bearing on their emotions. Mm. I'm a black woman from the projects whose parents aren't here. I'm gay. I'm alive and I'm still cute. I don't think anyone else has it tougher other than whoever has my story and it has a child. (laughs) And they got to be a single parent. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, are you got it? Okay. (laughs) Like, but in all seriousness, um, Mental toughness is not mental health. And uh, for years, right, um, mental toughness is, I'm just going to say it, it's a part of the pseudo uh, predominantly white um, just affect of we're the best and, you know, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to persevere. And, you know, it's, it's this old American ideology and American lore around being the toughest and, and being... Uh, the, the most ruthless and being cutthroat. Um, and, you know, I think that has affected black people in a way more severe way than it can ever affect white people. Um, and the reason is, is because white people are allowed to be mediocre and still have a good life. Yes. Black people, if you're mediocre, you're broke, you know, no one knows your name and no one cares. But on the opposite end of that spectrum is everyone now cares about not you, but what you do. And so now black people <clears throat> in a large scale, excuse me, artists like yourself have been able to take that power back. But for those that are on the main stage, like Ben Simmons, like Simone Biles, like a Jalen Brown, like a Kevin Love, like a Delonte West, there is a whole slew of people. We can go from gender. We can even go from race. The way that Kevin Love was treated versus the way Delonte West was treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You- and the way that Jalen Brown um, kind of like slipped in and slipped out 
you know, I'm literally talking about the same things that Kyrie Irving is talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it really depends on, I don't think it's race or gender. This is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think it's about the status quo. Who's more marketable? Who makes us look good? Going back to the professionalization of mental health, who looks more good for us to stand next to with their mental health? Simone Biles is a champion athlete who pulled herself up from her bootstraps because she was a black girl and she had a crackhead mama and she got adopted by some really nice people. And now she's amazing. She's allowed to have a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving isn't because he's like, fuck the system. Right. Like, so if, if, you know, we, we have to, you know, we really have to get into the narrative of media. Yeah. Right. Because that plays a major role in how we hear and understand these, these intricate situations and enough to compare them to each other. And so I think we have to put everything on the table in that space. You know, Simone Biles, aside from her gender, yeah, she's allowed to have trouble because she's never been in trouble. Yeah. She's allowed to um, <clears throat> have the safe space because she's seen as such a darling. Yeah. She's seen, you know, someone who is one of the good black folk, which is a thing. Yeah. She's, she's not the black folk that's stirring up trouble. Mm-hmm. Whether people want to believe it or not, there's been a, 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 a disconnect between just the 1960s and being a good nigga. Yeah. I had asked me uh, last year or the, maybe the year before last, it's like, is there a difference between a good black, a black person and a bad black person? I said, yeah, Tupac. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, Tupac and um, Thurgood Marshall. Like, it was something like that. It was like the difference between like a rapper and like someone like a black person who chooses to be, you know, uh, a different figure in society. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's a good nigga. Because he's playing his role. Yeah. And then you have the loud nigga, the one that always want to stir some shit up. That's how Kyrie has been perceived. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Next, someone like Simone Biles, who is this darling woman who, you know, had such a uh, enduring life, but her story is so amazing. Kyrie got this similar, a similar, actually, he has the more cookie cutter story than Simone Biles does. Yeah. He grew up with both his parents, right? And his sister. He had a two parent household. Yeah. Wasn't it just. Playboy, his father gave up his dream because his mama died of cancer and pushed his son to start him. What? Went to college. He actually had the perfect cookie cutter story. Yeah. So, but his story isn't marketable because he's a black kid that's talking about f the system. Like, is so. I guess before 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 we get out of here, then so because all right, with Simone with Simone Biles, right? Who I I absolutely love, and I think the world loves her. Mm -hmm. You know. Her choosing to put her mental health before the Olympics and 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 the reaction that the that the media puts out versus let's just say if LeBron James was in the NBA Finals and said, "Well, I need to take two games off because mentally I'm not ready." I, I just think that there would be a different response from the media for that as opposed yeah. to. Which is and I and I you know the Olympics and the NBA Finals are on the same same level because that's the the apex of you know where you can go in that particular sport, but I just feel like the response is going to be different. No, I agree. I mean, I mean, we could easily say and identify that yeah, women are um, given the spaces to be emotional in public, like they just are. 
um, depending on what they're emotional about. Because Simone Biles wasn't given that same space and courtesy when she was talking about that white man that was harassing and sexually abusing the girls. So again, we, we you know, I, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate because we have to talk about all the things. It's easy to talk about the surface things or the superficial things or the women versus men. That's Venus versus Mars. It's an easy topic. Yeah. But when we get into the intricacies of where the versus is, what's really in that, right? Um, contrast. Uh, when uh, uh, James sort of said, hey, I know I wasn't the best guy for the shot and I believe in not being selfish because for me, I'd rather lose with my team than trying to be the man. He was literally sought out. Oh, you're not mentally tough. You're not like Jordan. You're this. And I'm sure, yes. I'm sure that played on his mental health Yeah, because, or his mental wellness rather, because at the end of the day, he made a choice and he stuck with it. And I applaud LeBron for that because I think that was the choice that that aided him in being able to thrive in his mental health. Yeah. Because he let go of the the reasoning and the and the necessary um even if only practice in theory to be like LeBron or Kobe. Where Kobe came out saying I'm going to be like Michael. <laughs> like and when they asked LeBron does he want to be like Kobe? He said no, I'm LeBron James. Yeah. And so that that was more indicative of perfect practice of mental hygiene. What LeBron did and then endured Versus how it was spun off. Because he was spun off to not be mentally tough, to not be clutch. He's not going to be top five, yada, yada. And he said, okay, cool. And then still went out and got a ring. And still went out and did something a rookie has never done. You know what I mean? And so I think when we talk about mental health, we need to understand that that's the state of something. But when we talk about mental hygiene, it's the practice. And many do not practice mental hygiene. Bubble baths and decompressing self-care is hygiene, but it's not mental hygiene. It's not emotional hygiene. It's relaxation. Call it what it is. Meditation is a practice of concentration, not one of clearing your mind so you can feel better, right? We have to be honest about the Western context and its condition on our own cognitive behavior. And until we do that, or until people do that, they will constantly be in this wheel of superficial conversation, pointing the pointing fingers and pointing the blame in their own mental well-being, not being what they think it is, but what it's conditioned to be based on what marketers are on your phone. Mm. And that's just a hard truth. You know what I'm saying? Why did I start drinking wine? Because I thought that's what women did after a hard day of work. Great marketing. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I can't tell you how many different alcohols I didn't try because the rapper said it was it was the end uh, oh, <laughs> alcohol to drink. Oh, you did he? We yeah. all him? Yeah. So. You know, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Women and men, women versus men will always get that reception. Um, I think women have a lot more space and room to be emotional and vulnerable in public. However, it's only what's marketable because that respect doesn't go for every kind of woman or all women. It's like, the person who gets pushed is the person whose tail coat is long enough for others to hang on. Mm. You know, that is a quote. I'm gonna quote that later. Yes. But <laughs> that is a quote. But yes, you know, um, and so when it comes to mental health, though, it's a very that's a very personal thing. I don't care how popular LeBron James, Simone Biles, any of these people are, if they breath stink, people gonna know. Yeah. That's that they and so mental health is the same thing. 
eventually it starts to stink. Yeah. So like your mama said, you smell yourself first when anybody do, so go wash your butt. Mm-hmm. Or she <laughs> say, you smell like outside, go in there and take a shower. Okay. You know, so, you know, yeah, people get to when they rise in the morning, they get to, you know, get in their thoughts and, and get in themselves. You know, when they make their bed, they have that moment to work for themselves and express gratitude and love for themselves while allowing their minds to just filter naturally. Yeah. Getting their body and mind in sync and ready for the day before they go meet the world. And then lastly, just breathe. Five deep, three fast, three loud. The deep is for your your mind. The fast is for your body. The loud is to bring them together. You know what I'm saying? And so now before I go out into the world, I'm not, I'm not on no different type of time. I'm able to actually hear people and see people. I'm not thinking about what happened last week. I'm not thinking about how I feel. I'm not thinking about what my man did or what my girl did this morning. And now this person is jumping on my last nerve. Like, no, your energy is bad. Ain't got nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? When people breath stink or they forget to brush their teeth because they rushing out, they don't talk to people. They don't blame other people. They know, oh shit, I Man, didn't brush my teeth. Let me, let me fall back. Yeah. But you know, we get to do that for our brain. We get to do that for our emotions. And so that that's my advice. That that's three simple things that you could do. Um, if you need help, people are also more than welcome to check me out at Get Fit Fly Right. Hit my link tree. You can book a session with me. Uh, it's not free. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, you know, you can come and you can do 533 with me. We can talk out, you know, the hygiene system you've had and maybe work out some kinks. Yeah. Um, because again, you know, hygiene is a system and there's a discipline to it. It's not something you do when things get bad. It's something you do because you just do it. Yeah. And, you know, people need help with that, you know? So I'm here. All right. Well, listen, Coach D., when 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 the five three three hats already, you let me know because I got to cop me one uh, off the rip. I got to get one of those. Um, I appreciate you so much for for always taking the time uh, for us to come on the program. Whenever we ask you, are so willing to come and, uh, and and just speak to the people. So I definitely appreciate you on that. Um, and it ain't gonna listen. We ain't, ain't gonna be too long for we bringing you back again because I'm I'm gonna need another session. I'm good from the last time. When, you know when, when the Lakers had took that L. I'm good. My mental is back. I'm in a good space right now. I'm positive. You know it's a whole new season. So I'm doing I'm doing good for myself. Um, but I definitely appreciate you. Thank you so much for pulling up. Always, always. I appreciate you, Rick. All right. Well, listen, guys, with that being said, let me shout out the sponsors real quick. Big shout out to Petro Home Services, Kmart, the Rosado Firm, and, of course, uh, Soundview Liquors for keeping the bar stocked. You guys can catch this episode and every episode Thursday night at 8 p.m. on uh, Verizon 43 BPN2 in New York City. But don't worry. If you're not in the New York City area, you can still watch from anywhere in the world. Just go to realfansrealtalk.com. Click that button on the home page. You get to see me chopping it up with Coach D, man. What's better than that? Nothing. All right, man. Oh, and and, and and don't forget, yesterday's price is not today's price. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> For myself, Trip Young, and of course, Coach D, my favorite. We up out of here. Peace. Recording. This is African King of Comedy, Michael Blackson. You watching Real Friends, Real Talk. Get real with it, my son.